everybody. My name is Miriam Trujillo. And I'm Nicholas Rodriguez. And welcome to the first episode of the Doral Academy STEM Break. We're here with a very special guest, Mr. Del Valle. So we've had the pleasure of knowing Mr. Del Valle for over five years. However, many of the audience members might not know who Mr. Del Valle is. So Mr. Del Valle, if you would like to introduce us to who you are. Well, first of all, I want to say thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm basically a teacher, right? That's what I have been doing my whole life. Uh, but I have some degrees and, and basically, uh, but that's like, I guess that what you want to know is if I'm yeah, what's <laughs> your education qualified to, to, to be <laughs> here. No, no, what I'm saying is, um, yeah, I, I, I'm a physicist. That's my, my first, it was my first degree. Uh, I grew up in a family of, uh, uh, I would say like, uh, not scientific people. So I, I, I wanted to be different. And so I, I went to the um, school of mathematics first, and then, in some point, I, I decided to jump to physics, and I, I finished my physics degree. Then after that, I after a few years teaching in a, at a, a high school level and college level, and being in charge of the electromagnetism laboratory of a, a university where I, I got this degree, I, I found that I wanted I wanted to know more about especially the you know, the practical stuff, you know, um, uh, how to, you know, I, I used to hear people talking about like physics are the, the only thing and, you know, science, but they don't truly transform reality because they don't build stuff. So right. I, I, I found important to do like another step and I, I went to the School of Electrical Engineering and, and I found that fantastic. I fell in love with robotics. I mean, we don't call it that way back there. Um, we call it automation. And now automation has more like a, a sense in factories, in, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, industrial automation, to be precise, because right. automation has now a different sense, uh, more to like software that do stuff by itself, right? But yeah, industrial automation. And then I, I got a master's in business. So technically speaking, it's a master's in, in innovation and in strategic management. Um, awesome. Then I, I, I started studying my PhD in engineering and I got a, first a specialization, then a master, and then a PhD in uh, engineering. And, and then I came here to the States. Mm -hmm. That was six years ago when I met you guys, I think. Uh, five years ago. Five years ago, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, you, you were my first, my second, my second, my class, second yeah. uh, year here. And, um, and I started uh, here, and thanks to the Dora Academy, the, the, they, they helped me out with that. I started another master's, this time in, in uh, cybersecurity. And that's what I'm doing right now. So that's pretty much what I have done. That's great. So in your involvement in Dural Academy, you are kind of seen as a leader in the STEM department and kind of helping the middle school students get into the fields. So we would like to ask you, why do you believe that STEM is important for the future, not only for kids, but also for the society as a whole? Got it. Uh, well, first of all, I, I, don't, I don't see myself as a, uh, as a leader in the STEM department. I, I think that what, what I do is to try to put my, my uh, you know, my two dollars on the table, trying to help uh, to make reality the vision that Mr. Iglesias had, the Santa Cruz has. Uh, they, they have a vision of STEM that is in certain way different than what I have seen before. 
So what I do in this department is to try to kind of make those ideas concrete. And, uh, and, and I share with them, both of them, the, the same vision, right? And the vision that they have for the STEM, the, the STEM courses and STEM education is something I share. It's something that I, I truly believe on. And, and I'm saying that STEM uh, has been seen for years, at least for the last, I'd say, 20 years, um, of course, as a curriculum, right? Basically right. a curriculum, mm -hmm. a bunch of classes that you need to take, uh, all, all of them focused on technology. And of course, you know, STEM means science and math, but mm -hmm. putting those two aside, um, technology and engineering. So has been focused in the last 20 years in teaching those components. Uh, but when you, when you talk to people about STEM, especially in the education sector, they, they think about um, STEM competitions and they think about, uh, mm -hmm. you know, technology, but seen in a way that not necessarily I 100% share. So when I came here and, 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 and I became part of this amazing team in, in, in Doral Academy, I found the possibility of, of making STEM to be something different, something better. In, in, in the sense that, uh, this, in, the, in the only sense I think it makes sense to the future, for you guys in the future, is making right. STEM to, be, to become a source of uh, problem-solving people. Correct. People that can use technology to solve problems, not just to play games, not just to, kind of, yeah, I fall in love with this and I like the way it is, but beyond that, are you learning stuff that can help you out, not just you, but also the society you're living in, to, to make it better? Are we, you know, working here to make uh, the, 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 among all these people, uh, to make one of them or two of them the next uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the next, uh, the next uh, Steve Jobs, the, the, the next uh, uh, Jeff Bezos, you know, those that for, for, for one reason or another, they have transformed the society we live in. So I think that that is the way STEM should be focused on, on creating, empowering you guys to become those transformation tools in the future. And the way that I have seen uh, the school is doing it, it points toward that. It's, it's empowering you, giving you all the, the tools, the technology, the, the resources to make that happen. And that's, what, that's why I fell in love with this, this opportunity. Right. And interestingly enough, you mentioned Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and all of these people. We see that a lot of these entrepreneurs and CEOs happen to be engineers. Uh, so like Elon Musk is an engineer and a physicist as well, also with a background in economics. And we could see that tie into how that's portraying and reflecting on our STEM fields. Do you think that that's a reason why a lot of companies are, are having so much success? in their fields or in their innovations? Uh, absolutely. I think that the, the, the way an engineer is trained over years and years is a perfect fit for what society needs these days. We need problem solvers. Of course, I, I, again, I, I believe that society needs every kind of minds. We need people that are thinking about the future without restrictions of science, you know, philosophers. We need philosophers. We need, we need doctors. Mm -hmm. We need this. We need that. But I think that the, the influence of technology in the future is so important that you, the, the, the right mindset it will help a lot. And I think that engineers, they, they have that. It's something that is, uh, 
you, you know, when you go to school, and I think this, I, I, don't, I don't know if this is 100% true, but I'm going to tell you the way I, th I see it. If you go to school philosophy, the first thing they want to tell you is forget about restrictions. You're not right. here solving problems, you're thinking mm -hmm. without restrictions. The, 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 you know, working in frameworks is kind of the opposite of what you want. But in the School of Engineering, the first thing they're going to tell you is these are the rules. This is, this is the process to solve a problem. Right. So it becomes part of your nature solving problems. It's, it's something you do in everyday basis. It's, it's, it's your work. So I, I believe that when these people, they, they get the, 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 the extra components, like, like the, the soft skills that they, they don't teach in, I don't know, in the School of Engineering, but when they grow up and they start a business, they have this mindset. They know that there is a problem to be solved and they find a more efficient way to solve it. So absolutely, I think that uh, not just engineers, but in general, problem solvers, mm -hmm. with a degree or not, uh, that's the right mindset. And, and that's why they make business successful, because they see a problem and they find a solution for that problem. And that's what you need. And that's an opportunity. If you see that from the business side, that's a business opportunity. Right. Right. But if you see it from the engineering perspective, I'm just solving another, another problem. You see that like these these uh, CEOs, right? We're talking, we're talking about Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, all these people. They were like that 1% of that time, right? They were the 1% that you can clearly see they've risen up and they've become these mega, mega, mega people in society. They're, they're very strong. And I want to tell to this point that it's how, how do you as a teacher try to put this sort of engineering task, try to make them into problem solvers the way that Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos are? How do you as a teacher, in, in, the, in the ways that you do your students, like from 6th grade, 7th grade, 8th grade, how do you train them to like, be that and in the future really uh, transform what society is in the next 10, 20 to 30 years? Well, uh, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy because uh, for two things. Uh, I believe that we need to start teaching engineering skills very early, uh, almost like in 6th sixth, sixth grade or, or even in fifth, in fifth grade or, or even before that. Yeah. Uh, because those skills, and I actually the other day was talking to Mr. Iglesias and he was showing me something that uh, his daughter was doing and it, was, it has to do with engineering. And they, they actually the whole uh, uh, framework of the work that this little baby was doing was in the framework of engineering, right? So I think that we should start early. But starting too early is, is difficult because certain processes are not done yet in their minds. You, so you need to still help on, and, and serve as a, as a guide, right? So they can see that engineering and STEM in general uh, is, is formal, you know? It, it, yeah. You have to follow a process that is, is exhaustive in certain things. That, that you need patience. It's not a game. It's not a game. Right. And, and you, you, you have been in my classes. That, mm -hmm. That's part of my motto. That's part of the things that I repeat. Yeah, it might be fun. And it can be and it should be fun. But not necessarily it's a game. It's, it's not a game in the sense of, okay, it doesn't matter what it happens. No, it matters. And that what I try to do to answer your question is, what I try to do with the, the sixth graders uh, and, and, and a little bit also with the, uh, the seventh graders, is to let them know that engineering affects us and we, we do engineering, whatever we do have consequences. 
the recent story that I that I that I tell to my students is I have this friend of mine, uh, which I'm not going to mention because it's going to be recorded. So I don't want to tell you it's a friend of mine. This friend of mine was bragging the other day. We were talking. He's bragging. He's a doctor. He's a medicine doctor, which I consider one of the most important professions in life. But he is a medicine doctor. So and he was bragging, and he said this. He said. Uh, my, my, what we do is so important. He was 100% true, I need to tell you in advance. Uh, he said, when, um, it's my, my profession is so important that when, when I'm operating someone, if I make a mistake, there's a life in jeopardy. Mm. And he made that long pause, like, it's a life in jeopardy. And you can also, like, dun, dun, dun. And, and, I, and, I, and I saw that, right? I mean, it, it makes you feel how important is what you do. Right. If you make a mistake, someone can die. And then I, and I, it took me a few seconds to come up with a clever answer, right? And I say, wow, that makes my profession even more important than yours. Because when an engineer makes a mistake, there's like 300 people that, that dies in a plane. Like a building, yeah. Or a building that falls. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it happened that these days, what, you know, what happened in Surfside was recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say, you see what happened there? Well, that's bad engineering. Because technically speaking, we can make buildings that never, never fall, ever, ever again. So, but that's too expensive. So, but that tells you that if you do the right engineering, you can save life. So, if you measure the importance of this profession in terms of the transcendence, in how can we, how we do affect other people, there's nothing more important than what we do because everything around us is made of engineers, by engineers, and, and we put our lives on, on this device. We put our lives in cars, in planes, in buildings. Everything around us is made. So, so what I try to do with them is start with these kind of stories to make them feel that what these kids are learning is important. Yeah, it can, again, it can, it can be fun and it has to be fun. But it's so important and so serious at the same time because what you guys are learning here and they, they hear that like, and, and I can see that in your faces like, yeah, what we do. And, and they, they all say they feel empowered that, yeah, I'm not an engineer yet. But I, I'm, on, I'm in that process, and what we do is important. And that is mind-blowing for them. So that's, that's one of the things that I try to do. And of course, teaching them the foundations and all that. But I think it's more like, it's about the soft skills. It's the other side of engineering where it's important, important that, that you need to know that it's not just another profession. It's something that the whole society relies on. Yeah, and that's really important, like how you mentioned bringing the students to the notion that what they are doing is valuable and it's not just an extra class or an extra elective. By them knowing that they can apply that in their future, it brings a whole different meaning. And even to us, you explaining that story, we can see the importance of engineers and why it's so valuable for students. So thank you for that input. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also see what you talk about empowering your students. Uh, a common thing that I remember uh, years ago that it was you calling us adults, right? Like, yeah. uh, our, the sixth grade, even the sixth graders, when I go over to your class and you tell, you guys are adults, come on, the whole thing. I think that's so important because you are really just including, not including, but making them feel like they are worthy, right? They are important enough to, to learn these things and making them understand that they aren't just these children learning what you're saying, these children learning these STEM things, these STEM for competitions or for or the, for fun, right? That they actually hold like implications in what they're doing. I think it's so important the way that you, the way that you teach, the way that the things that you do, it, it holds it holds um value. How do you say it holds yeah strong value and like 
how you're creating them into who these people are, like who who they are, what what they will do for the future. And it's just, you know, one of the things that I, when I hear you saying that, one of the things that I think is that sometimes is sometimes is is I'm not gonna say hard, but it's it's overwhelming when you realize that these kids are actually listening to you. <laughs> what I'm saying is yeah. Sometimes I, I, when I do all these speeches, and the other day I got I got this uh, conversation with one of the parents that was telling me, "Oh, so I, my son, every time that you tell these stories, that I stories that I tell just because it's the first thing that comes to my mind. I think this is the right time to kind of put this seed on their minds." And but then he, she she was a she, this mom told, telling me, he comes to. to back home and we talk about what you talk with them with him and we talk about the the, the the and we know this story and then she telling me the story that that i told to this kid so that is overwhelming for, for me as a teacher it's fantastic to hear that because it's one of the things those, those little things that I, i i believe that make change it we make it uh, it helps you to to see yourself be beyond the boundaries of just being another kid that you're That that you should, and by the way, being adult, not in the sense, not in you know legal sense. Of course, I know that they are uh, underage, and that's not the point. Right. The point is, becoming an adult means that whatever you do has consequences, and you must be responsible and accountable for those consequences. When you do that, you're becoming an adult. Right? Correct. Yeah, and what I really value and respect from taking your classes is that you teach students not only about STEM, but you teach students about life and how to handle certain aspects of life through these analogies, through these stories. We realize that we do hold importance and all of our actions do have a consequence like what we're talking about with engineers. You're teaching us these valuable lessons for the future, which I think teachers everywhere should implement in teaching STEM and in teaching all certain topics is teaching students on how to be citizens of this world. And that's really important for us everywhere yeah, absolutely and especially because the future is it relies on the 80 80% of the professions in the future number one they're not even invented so mm -hmm. that's a, that's a major stuff that there is a, a, a there is a, a study that Dell the company the computer company Dell ordered I, I can't remember remember the, the university that, that did this study but they found out that 80% 85% of the, the professions They're going to be for you guys, and especially for these guys, the ones that are right now in sixth grade. They don't even exist right now. So this, this, uh, these kids that are in front of us as teachers. They need to know these things. They need to know that they, they, are, they are important. They need to know that they, they can do it, but not just because of them. It's because the whole society depends on them. Yeah. And they need to know this. They need to have these skills because... And, and it's a big difference than what happened to me when I was that age. I was 100% clear on what I wanted. And what I wanted took me 20 years to become a physicist. From, since I was a baby, it took me 20 years to get a degree in physics. And physics was pretty much the same thing when I started when I, when I finished. Mm -hmm. But that's not their situation. No. And you can't have a handbook to say there's so many new professions that you can't just teach something specific. You have to teach them the concepts and the foundations, what you're talking about in engineering, so they could apply that into whatever field they're Correct. going, even if it's not made exactly. yet. Yeah. And, 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 and in that line, that's why I think it's critical to empower them. 
because I'm not going to be there for the rest of their lives. You know, like, I, I would love to. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like, I would love to see you, but I know that in a couple of years, I'm not going to see you anymore. So you won't be able to come to my classroom anymore to say hi. And, and if you have a, you know, something that you want to know that you can, that I might be able to teach you, you can, you can come here. You know, that you are in a different phase in your life. And, and what this society is showing us is that knowledge is everywhere. What you need to know is how to get that knowledge. You need to have these other skills that allow you to learn on the run. And that, that, that the learning process that make you who you are right now never ends. It's like you get a degree and that's it. So we need to teach them that they need to learn all by themselves, which is kind of scary if, when you're a, a sixth grader mm -hmm. and then you have this, this teacher, right? This bald teacher that comes <laughs> with that serious beard and they look at you and say, figure it out. You're expecting me to tell you the answer and I say, figure it out. But sir, how can we connect this? How can we make, figure it out. A huge shift from like all the elementary that it's all the bathing and exactly. putting on the worst and telling all the instructors. Exactly, like because, that, because times are changing and the sooner that you understand that they are, of course I'm, I'm there to, to help them out of, and, and, and you have been there, you know that, what, that that's what I do. But they also need to know that there is, that there is just a few, a few more moments that they can have to learn from someone. That tomorrow, that someone is going to be YouTube. The day after tomorrow, yeah, that someone can be any of these, uh, you know, free free courses that you find online. So if you if if you understand that your learning process is not attached to a school or to to a teacher anymore, that's attached to you. That's that's your superpower. Today's the 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 superhero day, right? Yeah. So that's your superpower that you can learn whatever you want if if you put dedication to it. You know, it's, it's not like you believe oh, that, that, that that's going to happen magically. No, you're going to have to spend hours and sometimes you're going to watch this video and then this other video and then you're going to read this book and you're not going to understand a thing. Yeah. But then if you keep trying and you keep trying and then at the end you learn and you get the best reward of, of all, which is you learn all by yourself. And that's the kind of mentality that they, they need to get developed. Right. And that separates the gap between who, which students and how they define success. So you don't really need all of this uh, money to put into education to learn. You can learn all of this content online. And that's why it's so important to have these children know that knowledge is everywhere. Like you mentioned, you just have to know how to find it and know how to apply it, which it's really it brings hope to the future and for Absolutely. students that don't have access to education for example but do have an access to a public computer in a library they can get this information absolutely there are two things that are happening right now one is the companies companies they don't i mean is there's a still a lot of inertia in that sense but many companies are not paying that much attention to your degrees or or in which university you got this degree if it says harvard then i hire you if it says uh, these other universities, so I don't. No, that that's not happening anymore. Always happening less than in the in, the, in previous years, and it's going to be happening less and less and less over the years. What they care about is: Are you able to solve this problem? Especially with technology companies, technology-based companies, or technology companies, or companies that like banks that use a lot of technology. So they they don't care about what where your degree was you know printed out is it's like can you solve this issue can you solve this problem so they basically new interviews 
job interviews are becoming weird these days because they give you just a problem to solve. Mm -hmm. Can you do that? And, it, and, and then what, what, what I'm learning is that they can hire a kid that is not even graduated from any school and then hire it because he's able to solve these problems. So I'm not saying that the educa formal education, higher education is not needed. Of course it's gonna be needed because you need to specialize yourself. You need, you need to get certain knowledge that you cannot acquire in a YouTube video. Right. That's 100% sure. But it's not anymore the only thing that companies are, are paying attention to, right? But on the other hand, that is also disruptive and disruptive a lot because the, I, I envision that in 20 years, in 30 years, maybe schools are not gonna be what they are right now. Schools have been designed to transfer knowledge that has been there for years and years, you know, for hundreds, in many cases, hundreds of years, and then we serve as a platform to transfer that to you. Right. But knowledge is evolving so quickly and it's changing so rapidly. So schools are gonna to have to reinvent themselves in the near future. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's exciting and it's scary at the same time, especially if, if, if you're a teacher, right? what I wanna do. <laughs> right, so talking about that, we have seen how the Dural Academy's STEM department has developed over the years, and we both have been witness to this ever since we were in sixth grade, your second year. So what have you have planned for the future? What do you see in the future of Dural Academy? Well, we have a plan. That's a good thing. We have a plan, a long-term plan. And this long-term plan is, first of all, understanding that education in the future, education in the present, has to be different if we want you guys and these kids that are in sixth grade right now, the ones that are gonna be in sixth grade next year and next, next year, to be prepared for that future, right? So it's a long-term plan. And that, that long-term plan starts with asking ourselves, what is exactly what the society needs from us, right? Uh, I did this process when I was in, in Metropolitan University in Venezuela. We participated in these meetings to find out what companies needed from us, you know, it's like doing the reverse engineering. Mm -hmm. So we did kind of the same thing here, you know, you know, the head of the department and our administrator, we, we sat down and we, we, we started thinking what the, our next step in this process, in this case, colleges need from us in, in the STEM field. And, and we found out that there are several disruptive technologies that are not like brand new anymore, that they have been out there for for some years, but they're becoming mainstream now. So we need to get these kids ready. So the first thing we did is to kind of have a plan, a long-term plan to create strengths, right? Each one of those strengths aiming to one particular goal. So we have a strength in robotics, which is, as I always say, a, a perfect excuse to teach uh, hard engineering, you know, mechanics, electrical engineering, systems engineering, electronics and all that. We have another strength that is uh, video game programming. And video game programming because it's a huge industry. It's, it's ridiculous the amount of money that, that, yeah. that, that moves all over the world. The other day, if I'm not mistaken, it's like the third, the second or the third, just, on, just behind the oil industry and energy in general, uh, video games are moving huge, uh, a huge amount of money. So with, we think, we believe that that's one of the areas that they need to they need to learn. One of the years they need to get prepared on. We have another strand in uh, uh, networking and cybersecurity. Uh, I mean, I think it's, 
needless to say how important is that right. in this society, right? Uh, the other day I heard, uh, uh, and now kids are being subject to scamming. It's ridiculous the amount of money that every year, um, uh, you know, hackers can get from uh, old people, people that's like in their 60s or 70s that they know how to, you know, all the tricks that they can use, they, you know, they get scammed. But it's happening also with kids because they don't they know nothing mm -hmm. they, they they don't know what is you know how to protect themselves so cybersecurity is becoming a big issue so we have another strain on that line and we're working another two one is uh, hopefully we'll start next year next year you're gonna have to ask uh, uh, the admin about that but one of the the, the projects that we have is is creating a, a strain on uh, full stack development so that means that someone that entered in sixth grade and it learns the foundations of programming can end up high school being a full stack developer. So it can develop software for every level, every layer of the stack. So database management, uh, UX and UI, you know, user interface and user experience design, Java and everything. So knowing everything. So you, you become well, your own company. Mm -hmm. So you have an idea, you code the whole thing. You don't need to go this way, that way, and that way, uh, asking for help because you don't know how to do this part of the process. You, a full stack developer does the whole thing. And we have a, a, a couple of ideas. And that's what I think what, what we're doing and why what we're doing is so special. Because we're thinking on uh, these goals, these short-term goals with a long-term vision, right? And the second thing that we're doing is reviewing this vision every year. It's part of the strategy saying, yes. okay, is this what we need? It, because is this what we need? It's what we need now. What's going to happen in two years? What happened in three years? In five years? It's definitely going to change. Correct. Yeah, I mean, it's it's <clears throat> your change. The the things that you're doing, the things that you're bringing onto the school, the implications are immense, right? That we we talked about this. It's, what what you're doing to these sixth graders, my brother, who's in the fifth grade, who's probably going to join in the sixth grade, he's probably going to go to a robotics program, do something like that, and and look at him transform into this, what you're saying, a company, right? He's becoming this whole thing. And that speaks to what the future really holds, right? What How the importance of a knowledge and, and teachers and school and what, what it what it holds for, for the future. You're talking about the scammers and the old, and the old people they don't know, right? They're, they're from a different generation. They, you don't understand, oh, th this person is calling me and they're trying to take advantage of me, right? They, it's, it's things that they had the landlines that their friends calling you because it's, it's your phone number, mm. things like that. It's, it's, it's a whole different landscape. Correct. And what you're doing and what teachers around the, all around the world are doing is really sh shifting, uh, shifting what it means for for someone to what's the word for someone to be part of the society be, be integral to um how everything works right you understand what's 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 going on and you don't you aren't left out yeah citizenship is changing what we what it means being a citizen and the society of the future is different is is it's not the same thing that that was 20 years ago and what you needed to learn is this, this, and that. All, all that framework, all land, the landscape had changed, and, and then your your skill set has to also change. So no, I, I absolutely agree, and I, and I and I believe that we can do a lot from our trench. This this area, I mean, 
when people that knows me that that know that that I taught in college for twenty years and they see me teaching sixth grade, they they look at me like say, why are you doing that? And they don't they don't get it. I'm putting my bed in the, in the real place. Right. Uh, I have a friend in here. She she doesn't know that she's my friend, but I uh, I'm pretty <laughs> I'm pretty sure that she is. She she once when when I came here, she said, I know that you have the value. I know that you have the, your heart in the right place. And I and I felt so touched by those words. Because I think that that's the key. I have my heart in the in, in the right place because I believe that the right place is these kids. If I take care of the the grown ups, the whatever it is, it's already formed. You see my point. Uh, if if I'm teaching and I talk in, in to graduate students, they are already formed. So changing their minds is is way too late. At that at that at that time, it's way too late. Doing it here with sixth graders uh, and seventh graders and eighth graders because you know I teach uh, the whole middle school is it's, it's not just uh, what we need to do and what I think is correct to do the right thing to do. It's also a, an amazing adventure that, that led me to to meet you guys <laughs> to to meet. Uh, well, I think the other day I do the I did the math is like around uh, fifteen hundred kids wow. that pass through my my classes so in in if i can contribute even a little bit in changing and shifting these gears in their brains and saying this is what really matters in the future and i can do that i think that that, that my work is done i think that, that i did the right thing right and that perfectly sums up why it's important and why it's important to focus our assets and focus a lot of our resources onto the children and teaching them these values not only in STEM, but being citizens and being global citizens of the world, learning important and valuable aspects in their life that they'll be using, yeah, for the rest of their life. Absolutely. Becoming the people that, becoming the adults of the future, right? The people, yeah. they're growing up and they're going to be our politicians, they're going to be everything. And if they understand these core skills that we teach now in the sixth grade, becoming these important people that are problem solvers, I understand all of this. It really does change what the Absolutely. world is going to be in the next in the next 20, 30 years. Absolutely, and and, and, and there is a a pro, it's a long process. They start with them when they are in sixth grade or even before. But I think the change you see how they are they change because they they start not having any responsibilities on what they do or, or just, just a small amount of responsibility. They're almost none accountable for anything they do. That's what we told them, right? We told them, no, it's, it's, if something goes wrong, it's, it's your mom. If, if, I don't know, if you're hungry, your mom is going to go come and, 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 and give you a sandwich. If you, if, but then, all of a sudden, all this becomes their responsibility. So when they don't do a homework, they're expecting to blame someone. And it, 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 then, then they get into this environment and they say, no, it's, no it's, it's me, it's my responsibility. There is no one to blame. And if we do that process correctly, they start assuming more and more responsibility towards what they are going to be in the future. They, that's becoming adults. And then at some point, they're going to start, they're going to stop uh, you, you know, blaming their bosses or blaming their wives or husbands for uh, whatever happens in life. They, they know that if they... Uh, they're passing through a bad moment. They they have the tools to go through, and if if something goes fine, 
they can also, you know, embrace themselves and feel great because, you know, you had the chance, you had the, what, what, what was needed to pass those problems. So I think that the, the, we, we can help a lot, teaching them, empowering them with the right tools so they can become both responsible and accountable. Responsible because it, it's, it's a privilege. You're growing up, you're taking care, and now you have a computer that in my time I never had. Mm-hmm. And you can do fantastic stuff, but you can also get in trouble. Right. And so it's giving you an amazing power, but also a great responsibility, like the uncle of Spider-Man say. <laughs> <laughs> great power comes great responsibility. Am I right? Yeah. Like close. Superhero yeah. day. Close. Yeah, it's a it's deep stuff. Day. I told you, it's a superhero day. <laughs> that just shows how far now, right? Like compared to 20 years, to 20, 30 years ago, how far STEM is just exponentially growing, right? Yeah, the, right. The, the, how important it, it, it's going to be for the future and, and, and how important your job is and oh, how important you. what you do and what you've done to us and what you've done are going to do mm-hmm. many more. It's, it's great. It's, I, I appreciate your words and, and the fact that you guys brought me here in your uh, first episode. So I, I, I sincerely appreciate the opportunity of, of talking to you. Uh, giving you what I mean by my two cents, right? Uh, that there is not much I, that I can do, I just telling you what I can do in the, in my classroom. And, and that's what I can do. I can, if I can help doing more, I will, I'll be more than glad to do it. But right now, I think my responsibility is in my classroom. And if my students are as good as, as, good as you guys have been, I think that the, the work is done. So thank you very much for having me. And uh, thank you for coming. Thank you on. for being no, here. No, absolutely. That's great. And thank you to the audience members for being here with us in our first episode of Dwell Academy STEM Break. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you guys will come back for more. <laughs>